You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So this month, you got a lot of me with guests, (laughs) which was really part of the fun for me. Um, Sometimes when it's just me, it's a little awkward because I like being in conversation. And so there are times when talking into the ether, it just feels fucking weird. So, you know, having uh, Tasha join me in the beginning of the month and then John really was just amazing. And last week being able to bring back the episode that Indy and I recorded back in 2019 about Afropunk. That was a really good one. I felt like it brought back some of the things that we talk about often, for example, taking up space. And, you know, yet, you know, again, I wasn't by myself. But today, I actually wanted to do a little bit of talking on my own, because I wanted to kind of go into some different pieces of my backstory and tell you a little bit about some of the things that have supported me in getting to where I am right now as far as the experiences that I've had, the things that I've watched happen around me. And a lot of that really did originate from my time in the beauty industry. Uh, for those that may not have known or you're new listeners to the podcast, first off, welcome. Um, and second off, if you didn't already know, I have been in the beauty industry in one way, shape or form since I have been 18. I started cosmetology school right after high school and I 
have kind of had my hand, so to speak, in hair before that it was something that I've always wanted to do. I actually wanted to do it in high school. And I instead, being prompted by my mother, I did an international baccalaureate program, which was a kind of gifted and talented program that I had zero interest in. I wanted to do cosmetology then. But when I graduated high school, I still did that anyway. And I remember at that point, I really only kind of thought of it like, oh, I just want to do hair, not really knowing where it was going to go. And so for me, uh, once I kind of got in, I not too long after I started cosmetology school, actually stopped and I did an apprenticeship. So I actually worked in a salon in order to get my hours in to then go test and get my license. And from there, I have been an assistant manager. I have been a manager in different types of salons. I have been a cosmetology instructor at a Paul Mitchell school. I have, you know, had apprentices under me. I have spoken to classes. I have, I mean, I've done so much and I'm very fortunate to have touched so many different titles or, or, or jobs and occupations within the industry, you know, makeup artists working. I spent a lot of time working with weddings. Uh, it's a big chunk of what Silver Immersion has done um, over the, oh my gosh, over 10 years. And it was actually why I started Silver Immersion. And I didn't realize until I think I hit a point where I almost, it may have actually been a little bit of burnout. As I say that, I, I do think it may have been. I mean, and again, I've been in that industry for over 20 years. And some of the things that I saw and experienced, I think they probably did pile up in some ways. But it definitely prompted me to take all of the things that I've experienced, that I've learned, that I've watched others go through. And I brought that into my diversity, equity, and inclusion work. One of those things was definitely the fact that I saw firsthand the fact that the beauty industry is one of, if not the most segregated industry that still exists today. I do not in any way, shape or form believe that segregation is fully gone, but seeing how salons and cosmetology schools and beauty products as a whole are very much black slash ethnic hair and then everything else you can't get any more meta when it comes to segregation and working in salons I clearly would see people going to people that look like them more often than not and in a lot of ways I kind of defied that logic because the clientele that I had as well as the clientele that I currently still have that is the the small amount of people that I will still do today and my clientele has always been I'm not gonna say always most of my career has been very very diverse I definitely started in uh, more of the black hair space but it became very uh, obvious to me that I wanted to learn to do more than that but it was also very obvious to me that the industry doesn't intermingle in that same way across the board. And I saw this in, again, people going to people that look like them, partially because of the segregation that would happen with schooling, because 
you weren't often taught to do hair that wasn't what was on your head. When I was in beauty school, initially I went to a predominantly black school and we were taught to do hair that looked like ours. And flash forward to when I became an instructor, they were taught how to do, I'm going to say quote unquote, white hair. But uh, I'm saying quote unquote, because white hair is not necessarily straight. Black hair is not necessarily not straight. And that does not even include the fact that there are people that fall outside of those two parameters that aren't often included in the dialogue nearly enough. And so I had students that were taught to do straight, relatively fine, soft, you know, really not wavy or curly textured hair. And at some point while I was an instructor, they decided to bring in these mannequins to some of the new students coming in that were created to mimic ethnic hair. It was essentially a mannequin. And for anyone that has never seen a cosmetology mannequin, it looks like something made out of like, (laughs) kind of like horror stories because it's like the head that rolls around in the trunk that somebody's trying to scare you with around Halloween. It's, It's just, it's just the head, but yeah, it's a little discombobulating to see it if you're not familiar with it, but they have straight hair and not at all something that mimics any texture that isn't again just straight it's it's very homogenous and not in a positive way and essentially these mannequins that they sent to supplement the straight hair mannequins that were supposed to mimic ethnic hair these mannequins were the same exact mannequins but they had been permed on very 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 small rods in order to mimic ethnic hair. It was a terrible representation and fully inaccurate. And it did not in any way, shape or form begin to address the differences in products that are used, the differences in techniques, any of those things. None of that came up. I specifically as an instructor gave people clients when they would come in that didn't look like them that was the exact opposite of what I knew their skill sets to be. And I specifically did it because I did not want them to rest in the space of, oh, I know how to do what's on my head and I'm going to just stick with that. I purposefully said, you know what? Mm -mm, Nope, okay, you have naturally coily, kinky hair. You're going to get the straight blonde haired, fine, you know, hair to come in to figure out what to do with that. If you have, you know, hair that's wavy, but it is fine and and it's dark and maybe it's heavy. I am going to specifically give you the relaxer. I want you to learn what you don't already know. It doesn't serve you to stay in the comfort zone of what you're already familiar with. And in doing that, there were definitely times where (laughs) My students were like, oh, shit, she made me nervous. But I watched them flourish because of it. I watched them learn what they otherwise may not have learned because I didn't see as many of the other instructors around me 
challenging them in the same type of way to be better stylists in the industry. I have no desire to send someone out into the beauty industry as an instructor or as someone that is apprenticing under me that can't step into the capacity of being better than me. You're supposed to be. If not, I haven't done my job. If I haven't equipped you to be better than me, I have failed. And so I could clearly see that that inclusion that wasn't happening needed to happen. Now, the reality is, is I didn't know back then that it was an act of trying to create inclusion or, you know, good trouble, as John Lewis would call it in a sense, because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to completely disrupt the way this is done, but I'm going to do it for the benefit of everyone that is here. And it was just a good representation of something that I didn't recognize back then as far as the fact that my values have been consistent. That is very much the same type of thing that I would advocate for someone to do now. And it's in line with actions that I have taken of saying, yeah, I can do it that way, but I'm not going to, I'm going to do it this way. Here's why. And mm -hmm, I don't, I don't care about your formula. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. So, you know, being able to really look back and see how that was consistent for me was one of those types of moments where it's like, wow, I didn't realize how much my actions were aligned with what mattered to me until I did. And, you know, being able to just pay attention to the connecting threads that have always been there, you know, watching how over the years I would repeatedly have conversations with clients about stepping into ownership and hmm, what's the word I want to use? I, I want to say comfortability. It's probably not even a word, but I like comfortability. Um, <laughs> that place of really just accepting and honoring their natural hair. And when I say natural hair in this moment, I am referencing hair that is like my natural hair for those of you um, that have been around me or possibly seen any images of me uh, you know my 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 tiny curls my coils my kinks my hair that defies gravity um, and having to what I didn't know back then was almost coaching but coaching people through owning their natural hair texture in an, in an environment, often a professional environment that did not honor it, that did not want to see it, did not respect it, did not think it professional nor becoming and having to really guide people through what does it look like to choose to step into their natural hair and it's it's ownership out loud anyway or to choose not to in that moment but be clear as to why and what the goal was of doing that and in some cases it was to do almost an entrepreneurial job within a place that did not really support those that looked the way that they did and yet they said okay I understand I see you I got you and I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go. And I'm going to do what I can to begin to shift things in this space. And I'm going to leave myself in a position of seeming to assimilate. 
and I know better on the inside. I had no idea that, you know, having conversations like that were coaching years ago. I didn't know that talking people through what it looked like to love how they looked as they actually were. Not that there's anything wrong with choosing to straighten your hair or putting on makeup or any other things that we can do because we are chameleons and we choose to. But there is a big difference between shifting your appearance by choice and shifting it because you feel as though this is what you need to do to be respected and to be included and to actually be acknowledged. That's a completely different place. And for a lot of us, we don't always know the difference until we get out of it. It goes back to the reference that I use very often, kind of like the matrix, you know, red pill, blue pill. And once you see it, you can't unsee it, but you have to first see it. And so I had no idea back then, you know, what an act of rebellion it truly was to teach a white mother with a black or brown child how to do their hair or to teach a black woman how to care for her hair in its natural state and to find love and respect and reverence for it and to not allow the inherent segregation in this industry that I so deeply love despite its flaws almost because of its flaws, because I, I, I know the impact that the, the beauty industry can have. I had no idea that the love that I have for the beauty industry would absolutely set the tone for me choosing to use my voice and my platform and my knowledge and my tenacity to bring diversity, equity, and inclusion to the world via my particular way of doing things and to know that I can make impact in this way and to know that, you know, all of those connecting threads that I mentioned that have always been there, that I can expand on them and I could shore up my platform because that's exactly what I did. I took the things that were already there, the values that already existed, the things that were the backbone of the entire way that I existed. I took that and I created an entire way of being for myself in ways that I never expected. And if I hadn't done that, I would likely not be <laughs> speaking to you right now and, and, and telling you this story, but I also wouldn't have had the impact that I've already had, nor the promise of the impact that I have yet to make. Because make no mistake, I am not done. I have a lot of work to do by choice. And the values that I have become more and more intimately acquainted with that have accompanied me throughout my life, they will continue to accompany me on my journey. They will shift and, and evolve in the same way that we shift and evolve as we grow and move through life. And yet, they'll still be there and they'll still be so familiar through any iteration that they take. 
and for those values that give me a reason to show up here and record here on my 101st episode. Thank you for 100. I appreciate every one of you that have taken the time to listen to me. Um, They've gotten me here and they will continue to move with me. Every little piece that has been tender for the fire that burns within me, that makes me get up day after day and be determined to contribute to the betterment of the world that I leave to my children. This is what, this is what fuels me. And very often, I think people kind of think that values work is a one and done. And for me, it definitely wasn't. What happened for me was I've, you know, gotten acquainted with my values and I look back and I can see where they've been and how they've evolved. I can see where they're continuing to evolve, but I can also see the nuances in it. And that's such an important part of doing values work because you can see how a shade of blue can become teal. It can become cerulean. It takes on these iterations and yet still a shade of blue. The heart of it hasn't changed, but those nuances can have a completely different heartbeat. And it's so necessary to know when it has shifted and evolved and the tone has just so slightly tweaked itself. Being able to understand that and how it impacts the way that you are present in your life. There's so much value there and there's so much joy in connecting in that part within you and seeing how it reflects out to the world around you, just like a projector putting a movie on a screen. This is one of the reasons why, you know, when Indy and I do implicit to explicit, it's such a powerful process to watch people think that, oh, I'm not sure what my values are, or oh, I, I think I already know it, I've done it. And they get to the end and every single time they're like, I had no idea. I didn't know I had all this in there. I didn't know what I didn't know. I had no idea that this mattered to me because I just didn't pay attention to these things that I do on a daily basis, like how I spend my money or the places I choose not to go, whose voice I listen to, uh, what do I surround myself with, understanding that these innocuous things that they took for granted all played a part in what mattered to them, why it mattered, and how it was that they choose to navigate their way through life. And so being able to accompany people through such a powerful process is an honor and it's a gift. And every single person that we have done implicit to explicit with, I thank you. Because it is a gift to witness that that expansion, I mean, I, I seriously can't even put words to it. It's amazing. And so if this is something that you want to participate in, something that you want to experience firsthand so that you can wrap your brain around what your values are and how it is that you choose to, pro- to project them out into the world and the way that you want to just navigate everything 
that you want to be the impact that you are creating, I would absolutely be honored for you to allow India and I to witness you through that. We have the next round coming up on Thursday, April 22nd. We already have some people in the room. There's only a few seats left and I would love for you to be able to be one of those people taking up that seat. In order to learn more about it, you can go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash events today. You can grab your seat. You can check us out on Instagram where there's actually been some of our past attendees that have been talking about it. I think we've reposted some of them. And again, there's fortunately no shortage of people that have done this with us that have really reaped these amazing benefits that again, I'm, I'm humbled to be able to watch this shit happen. I fucking love it. (laughs) I seriously do. However, it won't be complete if we don't have you in the room. So again, going over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash events, you can be in the room too. So as always, you know that I love being able to be here, have these real conversations with you, being able to share part of my story and part of what has fed into my own values evolution and uncovering and how it's fed me being here speaking to you today as Erica Corday through Pause on the Play. And so for you being here and supporting me as we together cross lines, recreate boundaries in order to support and not separate so that we can continue creating the change that we want to see. For all of those things, I appreciate you. I thank you and cannot wait to see you the next time. So until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?